this morning, I've got a question for you as we start off. My question is, are you satisfied? Again, to be satisfied means to be content. It means to not need anything else. It means you have all the things that you're longing for and wanting at this particular moment in time. The scriptures sometimes talk about this idea of satisfaction with this concept of, I lack nothing, or I want for nothing. To be satisfied means that we're not striving, we're not pushing forward, we're not longing to try and find fulfillment because we have already found fulfillment, because we already feel whole. As you look at the past week that you've had and the state of your heart and mind this morning, do you feel satisfied? Or would the tale of this last week tell of the ways that you've tried to find satisfaction in so many different kinds of things? Today we're in a really interesting space. This is the end of one ministry year, and next week we kick off a whole new adventure and ministry year together, and I can't wait for the wonder of all that God will do in our midst in the upcoming year. But in this day, as we finish off this particular ministry year, I'm also excited to see how God wants to wrap these things for us and invite us to go deeper with him this morning. This morning is one of those sermons where we have some good news and we have some bad news. And the bad news is that we are in trouble, and the good news is that Jesus is more than enough to empower us and strengthen us for the fullness of what we need. So let's dive into his word together this morning. And today I thought we might as well start off with the bad news, because if I don't start off with the bad news, you're going to be thinking the whole way through the sermon, I know this bad news is coming, and I don't really know what it is. And so to put all of us maybe at ease, let's start off with the bad news. The bad news is that as a culture, we are starving. As a culture, we are ravenously hungry. We are parched and thirsty. And this shows up all over the place in all kinds of different ways, in different kinds of modes, in different kinds of experiences, but it is everywhere in a relentless hunger and thirst for more. For example, at school, you may be in a relentless pursuit to get the best grades you possibly can. At work, you are in a, a relentless pursuit to move forward and to get ahead. We are in a relentless pursuit for more stuff and for more things, for the next vehicle, for the next different kind of relationship. We are in a relentless pursuit of looking like somebody else. We're in a relentless pursuit of trying to find the rest and the entertainment that we desperately need. We want more and more and more. We want to do more, we want to be more, we want to have more, we want to experience more, we want more money, we want more sex, we want more pleasure, we want more control, we want more fulfillment, we want more and more and more and more and more. And it rages through every part of our culture and through every part of our experience, it touches every single one of our lives because we just want so much more. There is this deep and this abiding hunger that sits in the depths of our souls. And the really awful thing is, that whenever we get something new or something different, we catch a taste of this more. For example, maybe you buy that vehicle that you've been wanting for so long, and when you get it, you feel this deep sense of satisfaction, like you need nothing else. And then you drive it for a few days, and you get used to it. And very quickly, you realize that you're starting to look around to see what everybody else is driving. Or maybe for a long time you've pushed to become friends with that particular group of people and finally they accept you in and just that moment all of a sudden you realize that you have so many insecurities about how will you maintain this relationship and how will you move forward and how do you keep this thing going. With every purchase we feel this rush of delight that quickly moves into a sense of emptiness. With every accomplishment we feel the sense of glory and satisfaction only to feel so dissatisfied so quickly after. And so we move from thing to thing and item to item or person to person seeking to find some mode of fulfillment, to find something that our souls will delight in. 
And the awful thing is that this satisfaction tricks us because for just a moment we taste it. And we think that if having that thing gave us a little bit of satisfaction, maybe having more of it or having something different or having someone else will maybe give us the satisfactions our souls long for. And it embeds deep within our souls this lie that if we just had more, the satisfaction that we long for would be able to be experienced in our hearts and in our souls and in our lives. And so we move on and we try and find so many different things. And this satisfaction, this longing for it, moves us into all kinds of unhealthy places. Sometimes we recognize that we have got ourselves caught up in things that we never imagined that we would do because we're so desperate to satisfy this hunger. We run over people around us to get the promotion at work. We use people around us for pleasure or control or to make us feel significant or valuable or important. We give in to addictions and to all kinds of unhealthy and sinful habits because we just long for this sense of satisfaction. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in places that we never thought we would be because we are just so hungry. And we know that our souls have been created for some deep kind of satisfaction, but we just can't find it. No matter how far we search, no matter how far we go, we just can't fill the emptiness of this space. But we keep searching, we keep trying, we keep finding, we keep looking for it all around us. And into, into the midst of this desperate hunger and thirst, the voice of God speaks. And God spoke to the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 55, which is a good word for us and for our time and for our culture. And to the midst of all this ravenous hunger, we hear the word of God saying to us, come, all who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend your money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? And this is the deep resonance in our souls. We are hungry and we are thirsty. We are longing for so much more. We are trying to find anything and anyone that will make us feel whole and complete in these lacking spaces of our souls. We run ragged in all these different places and God is gracious and he's merciful. He knows that the things that we are pursuing and all these things we are chasing will never satisfy our souls. And so like a voice of sanity into the midst of our madness and our chaotic hunger and thirst, God gives this piercing question, why? Why would you do this? Why would you waste your money on what is not bread? And why would you waste all of your labor on what will not satisfy? This question from God is like a huge gong going off in our hearts and our minds because for many of us, the answer to this question is we have never imagined anything else. We've never imagined that we could possibly find satisfaction in something else. We've never imagined that life could look different than it currently does because all that we have ever seen and all that we have ever known is people running and racing and our souls craving and longing for something more valuable and more significant. And in his grace and in his mercy, God cries out to me and to you and just says, why? Why do you live like this? You see, God knows the truth. God knows that all these things that we are racing after and chasing are really good things in and of themselves. But they are not strong enough and they are not sturdy enough to hold the full weight of our lives. 
We need something different. We need something stronger. We need something more substantial. Because if we try and build our lives on all of these things that we are pursuing, we will find ourselves feeling empty. They can never satisfy us. They are simply not strong enough. It's like when you're on a road trip. You know when you're on a road trip and you kind of really want something substantial and something uh, meaningful to eat, but all you can find is some kind of a bag of popcorn twists. And so what you end up doing is you take a good handful of popcorn twists and you pop them into your mouth, and at first it kind of satisfies. You're like, this tastes really good. They're salty, they kind of dissolve in my mouth, they feel great. And there's this initial moment where it feels so good, but then I keep going back to the bag of popcorn twists and I eat another handful and another handful and another handful because I'm trying to satisfy myself. I'm looking for something substantial. And no matter how much of the popcorn twists I eat, I will never feel satisfied. And after a while, even the popcorn twists just feel kind of gross. And you just feel kind of blah, and you're just sort of there. Can you tell that we did a lot of road trips together as a family this summer, uh, perhaps with a bag of popcorn twists? Uh, anyway, um, so moving back. Again, God recognizes that we're trying to eat a bunch of popcorn twists. And so he breaks in and says, why? Instead, God invites us to something deeper and something remarkably different. He offers us another way. He says, come all who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend your money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and your soul will delight with the richest affair. See, God sees us, and he says to me, and he says to you, just come, just come to me. He says, I know that you are desperately thirsty. I have water, and I have wine, and I have milk. I know that you are ravenously hungry. I have bread, and I will satisfy your soul. And all of you who are weary and tired and overwhelmed by living a life where you're pouring yourself out constantly and never feeling whole, you should come too. And all of you who feel worn out and disillusioned and battered and beaten by all the ways you've tried to find satisfaction in something else, you come too. All of you who are worn out by the intensity of life and can never find the satisfaction, why don't you all just come? I have everything that you need and I will give it to you freely. Because the beautiful thing about life and relationship with Jesus is he offers all of this to us for free. Because you see, Jesus has already paid the price so that we can experience all of the fullness and all of the satisfaction that our souls long for. And what he offers to us is so rich and it's so perfect and it's so good that we could never possibly afford it. We could never pay for it in a million years. And so Jesus just pays it all. He says, I offer it to you. One author writing on this passage said, why would we spend our lives wasting all of ourselves for things that will never satisfy when Jesus offers us fullness for free? And so he invites us to move closer and in because he is the only one that can satisfy. You see, our hearts and our minds and our souls have been created for life and intimacy and relationship with God, and no person or no object or no space or no experience or no possession, no accomplishment, no relationship, no resource, no entertainment, nothing else in our lives could ever satisfy the deepest places of our souls because they have been created for God. And so he says to us, come to me and I will fill all of these spaces. And so why would we waste our lives? Let's stop wasting our lives on things that will never, ever satisfy. 
I think one of the greatest tragedies that we could possibly know or ever experience is for those of us who know Jesus and are walking in relationship with him to still live our lives profoundly unsatisfied. Because all the while, God presents to us every day and every moment the fullness of what we need to be made whole and to experience life with him. It's like we're sitting at a great and an enormous banquet with all the very best food that we could long for or would ever want, but we just nibble at it. And instead, we pick up a big bag of popcorn twists or cheese puffs and try and fill ourselves on these things. It just won't ever work. And so he invites us to come and to experience the fullness of his presence, the goodness of what he offers to us. Because so often what happens to me and happens to you is we have Jesus, but we begin to believe the lie that we need Jesus, but all of these other things are what will really make us whole. All of these other things are really what will satisfy the deep places of our lives, and so we begin to pursue them. We begin to believe the lie that culture spins for us moment by moment, that we need more things and more possessions and more stuff, and we forget that it is Jesus who will make our souls free, that he is the one who will make us complete and whole in his presence. Because you see, nothing but the presence of God could ever make us whole. Nothing but the presence of God will ever be sturdy enough to satisfy the deep places of your heart and mind. And so if we come to him, what will he do? What will he give us? He says, listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight with the richest affair. Give ear and come to me, listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. This is what God promises to give to us and to do for us if we are willing to come to him. He will satisfy our souls with the richest affair. And we catch glimpses of this in our relationship with Jesus. We get for this life to walk with him every single moment of every day and to experience hope and joy and peace and a beautiful kind of contentment in the presence of God. In Jesus, we find the belonging that our souls long for and crave to be seen in all of our ugliness and all of the mess of who we are and to be loved anyway. And in Jesus, we find someone who will take us and not leave us in the midst of our mess, but will grow us up into the people that he has created us to be and the people that we long within our souls to be. In Jesus, we find peace that goes beyond our circumstances. In Jesus, we find a love that is not conditional upon our performance. In Jesus, we find life that is good and rich and full. We find all the fullness of what our souls crave in the presence of God, and it never, ever has to end. Because he says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And those moments of goodness and beauty that we see in Jesus, can you imagine what we will know one day when we see Jesus face to face and all the wonder that we know in him is magnified infinitely as we behold his glory and his goodness? Can you imagine what it will feel like every day to live in the fullness of the presence of God, wrapped forever in this perfect, unconditional love? to feel the grace of God tangibly that has wiped away the fullness of all of our sin, to know the compassion of God as he wipes away every tear from our eye and comforts every loss and every hurt and every wound and everything that we have ever endured. Can you imagine what it will feel like to see life as it was meant to be, to have relationships without fear, with nothing to hide and nothing to prove, to be able to engage with God and accomplish things that will last through all of eternity without trying to fill some kind of empty void in the deep places of our soul. Can you imagine serving him with freedom and abandon and no hint of fear? 
This is a taste of the beauty that he offers to us. And it's not just for us. This also impacts and flows through us into the lives of people all around us. It impacts the world. God goes on to say, Surely you will summon nations that you do not know, and nations that you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Again, as you and I submit ourselves to Jesus and find ourselves deeply content and satisfied in him, it shines through our lives and our relationships and our existence and our being. And we live in a culture that is ravenously hungry, that is overwhelmingly thirsty, searching anywhere and everywhere to try and find something that will satisfy. And can you imagine the difference if the hundreds and thousands plus of us would stand strong and complete, living a life of satisfaction and contentment in the midst of a world that is ravenously hungry? If we were this kind of satisfied in him, people around us would run to us. Nations that we don't even know would flock to us because they would see in us the fullness of what they long for, the satisfaction of this hunger and this deep and lasting thirst. It would change this city, it would change this region, it would change this world if we would come to him to be satisfied. And so how do we do this? How do we move out of this lie that we need more and more and more and more to experience the fullness of the presence of God? How do we find ourselves satisfied in him when we have failed so often? Again, God knows exactly what, need, what we need, and he goes on to say, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon what we choose to do is to seek God. We seek him with all of the passion and all of the intensity and all of the drive that we have used to seek so many other different kinds of things. We choose to pursue him instead of trying to find our satisfaction in so much other stuff. We renounce wicked and unrighteous thoughts, the unrighteous thoughts that more money or more stuff or more pleasure or more accomplishments or more rest or more entertainment will ever make us whole. We renounce these thoughts and we turn to God and say, Jesus, you are the only one who will satisfy me. And we reorder our lives. We reorder our lives around the truth that our satisfaction can be found only and fully in the presence of Jesus. And we rework our habits so that our habits are no longer built around trying to find satisfaction in so many other things. And this requires of us a strong, firm, and concrete decision to choose to do this because we need it, because this lie is embedded so deeply, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. But this also becomes for us a day-by-day -day and a moment-by-moment -moment decision to seek the presence of God to make us whole in all of the ways that we are so often tempted to try and find satisfaction in something else. We want to put together a phrase that might help us to do this really well, and so we're suggesting that whenever we feel this temptation, we simply say, Jesus, I come to you. My soul thirsts for you. And whenever we are racing and running through life, and all of a sudden we find ourselves feeling remarkably unsatisfied, we just say to ourselves, Jesus, I come to you. My soul thirsts for you. Whenever we are walking through life and we start to look at someone else and that sting of envy hits us and says to us, why not me? And we start to compare our lives to somebody else's and try and feel, we begin to feel dissatisfied with our own space. What we do instead of envying what someone else has or who they are, we just say, Jesus, I come to you. 
my soul thirsts for you. Whenever we find ourselves tempted to pursue something else to make us feel whole and complete, we just say, Jesus, I come to you, my soul thirsts for you. When we find ourselves in moments of decision, when we're not sure if we should engage with something or not, when we're not sure if we should consume something or not, we just say, Jesus, will this draw me closer to you or will it pull me away? Am I trying to fill space in my soul that only you can satisfy? And if he says yes, we just respond by saying, okay, Jesus, I come to you. My soul thirsts for you. And every time the temptation comes up and pushes us and tries to draw us to find our satisfaction and fulfillment in anything or anyone else, we simply say, Jesus, I come to you. My soul thirsts for you. And as we do this, we are making a bold declaration that we're gonna live differently, and we are also reminding our souls that this hunger and thirst is not for all these other things. The hunger and thirst deep within us is for God. And as we come to him, we become satisfied and made whole and new, and we don't waste our lives on things that will never, ever satisfy. And so let's just take a moment with Jesus. There's a couple of questions I just want us to process with him. Again, the first thing I want you to ask him is just talk to him about what it is that you're looking to to satisfy your soul. If you're not sure what it is that you're looking to to be satisfied, what is it that fills your mental space? What do you spend your time and your money on? What are the things that maybe deep down you believe will actually make you whole? Just talk to him for a few minutes about what it is that you often turn to to feel satisfied. And then just ask Jesus, what is it that he wants you to do in order to seek satisfaction in him instead of in these particular things? Is there something in particular he is asking of you as a first step of obedience? And this is that journey that he invites us into moment by moment to continue to pursue him and to choose him instead of all of these other things. But the problem is that this lie of the desperate longing and need for more is so deeply ingrained in the core of our souls that we also need a defining moment. We need a moment where we come to Jesus and just say, Jesus, I actually need you instead of all of these other things. So this morning what I want to invite us to do is to simply follow through on what this passage is asking of us. This morning, I want to give us an opportunity to simply come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you to satisfy the deep places of my soul. Jesus, I need you to make me whole. And so as the band sings this last song, what I want to invite us to do is to just come to Jesus, to just come forward as a way of us saying, Jesus, I choose you. 
I choose to commit my heart and my life to you. I choose to seek my satisfaction in you instead of in anything and in everything else. Let's have the humility today to be honest with God and with one another. Let's have the humility to seek him today. And so I invite you to join me here at the front if there's something God is saying to you. And so I would invite you to come and to come now. Come everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to him. Listen that you may live. Again, as we sing this song, if you recognize this is a commitment that you need to make, I invite you to come to the front and just to meet us here as we commit ourselves to pursuing Jesus and finding our satisfaction in him.